Why am I so afraid of what other people think of me? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. All right, Tyler, that's a good question. Um, Before we answer that question, I got a quick review here. So it says, I would love more things like this. Things you know as experts help us figure things out on our end with ourselves and our relationship. Awesome. Awesome. To the point. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was really awesome. Thank you. Well, Tyler, we just got back from uh, a, uh, a marathon trip, huh? It was a marathon yeah. trip. Uh, it's the problem with the world we live in today. I guess it forced us to spend a weekend together, which was great. I really enjoyed your company. But uh, yeah. so Brandon, you guys, for, so everyone listening, Brandon like came up to actually shoot the podcast with me last week in my office. And then when I said, hey, what are you doing the rest of the weekend? He said, oh, I'm actually leaving straight from your office to drive all the way up to Oregon to pick up two cabinets from Ikea. Because apparently, <laughs> apparently Ikea wasn't going to have those cabinets in stock till like July. And you've got a house you're trying to get remodeled and rented out. So you'd have to wait till July or we'd have to go to Oregon and pick up two. Yeah. Cabinets. With, apparently with COVID, everybody's redoing their, their kitchen. So I had to hunt some cabinets <laughs> down. Yeah. But right. it ended up being an awesome blessing because it got me and Tyler in a car alone. And truth is, we, we laughed most of the time and just had a good time and Saw some wildlife. We saw a herd of elk and a, a bighorn sheep walking along the side of the road. So it yeah. was sweet. It was it was awesome. I had a great weekend. So thanks to Tyler. No, it was it was a good time. We uh, it kind of does. This isn't the topic of our episode today, but it, it definitely reminded me of the power of having good people in your life and shared experiences. And even though we were mostly in a car and ended up sleeping in a in a motel that neither of us wanted to actually sleep on the bed. <laughs> yeah so spe- speaking of good people in your life um today's today's episode's a little different uh first time i brought on a good friend so as a guest and um he's the man so this is bevan and he um where do i begin with him he's i'll, I'll let him introduce himself some but he's he influences people and he he really, if you get to know him and know his heart, then it it's good for you. Um, and so I be, I'm, I become better friends with him. And uh, I was talking to him. I was like, hey, like, you do something vulnerable. Come on our show. And let's talk about some of your stuff. So uh, here he is. He's got the courage to do it. And uh, we're going to dive in some, into some questions. So, Bevan, is there anything you, you want to say to kind of introduce yourself or – let people know who you are. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I uh, my wife would tell you uh, right off the top of her head if someone asked her uh, the who Bevan is, she says a guy with a lot of passion. Um, I do have a lot of passion, and it works for me and works against me. Have about twenty six years in the financial services industry. I've been a, a wrestling coach, football coach. I've been doing that the, as long as I've been in my, my my financial practice. At heart, I'm a coach. I love coaching people. I love coaching kids. I do a lot of leadership training as well. Um, but as I coach, I like being coached. So I'm trying to get more out of the meeting that I'm trying to give back. Um, so I, I always looking to improve and definitely have my sticking points and things that I need to overcome and work on as well. 
I've recognized over the years that for a guy like myself, even though I do a lot of coaching, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Mm -hmm. So I always try to look outside of that and, uh, for other coaches to work with me, and that's where I'm at. So, Bevan, uh, we've been talking about um, some – we've been talking about how you're kind of dipping your toe in a little bit. And yeah. What we mean is, like, we know there's passion. We know there's purpose. I know inside of you there's there's – there's a purpose there's brilliance right and you know that too but there's a part of you that's like i don't want to go for it i, mm -hmm. I don't like i'm kind of scared to to actually put myself out there um and, and to fail and can you just talk about like what what are some of those fears what what's holding you back um you know i don't want to let people down and uh had a major debacle in 2008 where i felt like that happened um and I think a lot of this probably stems from my childhood. And, you know, as, as I look back to over my life and the patterns and behaviors I experienced today and the patterns and experiences or uh, behaviors that I was doing when I was a young man, there's a lot of them are still the same. And, mm -hmm. uh, and for, for whatever reason, that f fear of what others think of me or um, fear of really going for it because of what others think. Right. So. Tyler, do you have a question? Yeah, Bevan, I, if it's okay, I'd not, you know, I've never met you before and I just wanted to maybe get a little bit of your backstory and you can share as much or as little as you'd like. Um, but thinking about that idea of being afraid of what other people think of you, if you were to kind of trace back as best you can, like, where did you learn to have that fear? Like what, what kinds of things have gone on in your life that have caused you to have such a deep fear of what other people think of you? You know, <clears throat> I don't know if I could pinpoint it. Um, I grew up with a, I wouldn't say a bad childhood. I think we had a pretty good family, but it was definitely um, a more uh, right in your face. You, um, if you make mistakes, you're going to know about it. Um, and I think a lot of times I didn't, maybe I didn't have the the, the love that I was seeking by my parents. I, I, I don't know, but I, I look back when I was a kid and some of the behaviors I experienced then. And I remember as a young boy, I would cry quite often. I was a little bit of a baby. I used to, I would say if, if I, my boy was like that, I'd smack him around, so he'd step <laughs> it up. But I, I think I was, I was, uh, I'm the youngest of three. I have a twin brother. Technically he's an hour older. So that makes me the youngest, <laughs> but, um, so and I might have been raised, uh, being raised with him. My parents got a divorce when I was in the fifth fifth grade at the time, um, and I think that probably affected me at, at some level. But uh, I don't know. I've always uh, was seeking some sort of acceptance for whatever reason, and so can can I? I want to kind of connect the dots a little bit, Bevan. So and and tell me if I'm off on this. Sure. It's uh you know from a young young age it's. I like what you say. Like, I can't quite pinpoint it. Maybe it's a culmination of things. Um, and, and it is. I, I don't think, I mean, you could probably find certain experiences in your life where it's like that That was like mm -hmm. hard. Um, but overall, it was just like, man, I want to, I, I don't want to let people down. Mm -hmm. I don't want to fail. Um, so here you are as an adult. And I, I just want to kind of talk about the shame right now and the fear right now. It's saying, look, I I know I want purpose, I want to go for things, but I, I'm not going to do it fully because of what? What might happen? Um, <clears throat> I might fail. I might, you know, uh, 
hurt somebody because I didn't get, I gave them the improper advice or the actions I took didn't serve them at the level of my expectations. Yeah. So, but, but in, in turn, what then happens is when you, when you sit on the sideline yep. and you don't put yourself in the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think I was giving you an analogy. You're, you're a wrestler. And I was saying, you know, what if, what if you were a talented wrestler and you knew you were a talented wrestler and you were the, you were the coach of this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know he's a talented wrestler, but he's too scared to get on the mat and wrestle because he's worried that he might lose the wrestling match. What would you say to that, to that kid? I would tell him just to go out and be himself and forget about what anybody else thinks. Right. That's easy to say, right? It's very easy to say. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so if it's so easy to say like, Hey, go get on the freaking mat, like l- go do this. Then, then why don't you Bevan? Again, it goes back to the fear of what, whatever other others think. So I'm tr- what so, I'm trying to do and, and, and really flush out is how, um, paralyzing that fear is. It's so automatic, yes. Yes. and and we we're it's actually designed inside of us because we're uh, we're, we're we're designed to to protect ourselves for survival reasons. Right. Okay. And and what we what we know helps us with survival is attachment and connection. So we want people to think we're good and to right. like us and all those things. Right. So in order to heal this shame, you have to actually do the opposite of what your natural instincts tell you to do, which is. Your natural instincts say, hey, play small, yep. put on a show, yep. don't put yourself out there um, because people might not like you. And you have to look that in the face, that fear, and learn how to step onto the mat. Tyler, do you have any? Yeah, I got maybe a couple of thoughts and another couple of questions for you, Bevan. Um, as you're talking, I'm still just trying to fully understand what you were saying and, and what you kind of said in... Um, why you're afraid is that there's maybe two two prongs to this you're afraid of re- being rejected if you For, fail yeah. some yeah. somehow somehow failure means you're not going to be worthy of love or you're going to be rejected but you also said something that i think is pretty insightful as well part of the reason why you're so afraid of failing is that you're afraid that your choices if you fail will hurt the people that you love that's and part so of it. Yes. There's there's a lot more there's a lot more writing on this than just like oh bummer I messed up. It's like no I I I honestly feel like my choices could have a negative impact on the people that I love, and as a result of that, not only will I have hurt them, which I can't stand the thought of, but I also will then make myself less likely to be worthy of love and attachment and connection. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think it goes a little bit more. I think uh, I'm an athlete, I, so I'm a competitor, and the egos in the way as well because you want to look good right and you want to you want to and and you want to be praised for the right reasons for the right things and you don't want the opposite at least i don't right and and those critics that may say things about you that aren't true um some of those things and i understand as you climb that ladder that's going to happen but it's still uh an area of something to work but but bevan and you don't have to get into the specifics here but some of your trauma as an adult um, has been all about letting down your wife and your family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you've experienced something that was a really bad experience, right? right? Yep. yep. And it's like, and, and and back then you were going for it, like yeah, it you was. you were, and and you went for it, and it blew up in your face. Yeah. 
For so sure. so why in the world would you do that again? Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so now you've gotten right. really good at saying, look, I, I know how to live my life. I know how to protect myself from experiencing something like that again. Right. Right. But, but it's really, it, it's causing problems now. Right. Well, because- look at the... Look at the look at the hell that you're creating for yourself if you're if you're living this way where Bevan, you're on one hand, you're saying, I'm a guy who wants to be all in. I'm a coach. I'm telling my guys right. to do this. Uh, and then on the other hand, I've been kicked around by life a little bit to the point that now I want to sit on the sideline. But my true nature is to be in the game and to be like telling other people to be in the game. And it's right. like, what is what is the price? What is the cost of living the way that you're currently living? The cost is huge. The lo- it's huge. Well, and yeah. not just to you, Bevan, but to the world. That's what right? I'm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we recognize the cost of sitting on the sidelines, but I still don't think we're getting down to it here. Right. Of okay, you're good. You're you're good at dipping your toe in. You're good at 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 looking good enough, but not fully going there, right? Mm-hmm. Um. What it's almost like the poser syndrome, like you and I've talked about. Yes. Like <clears throat> I've noticed there's times when I'll do something great. And when I say great, uh, you know, like good, good feedback. And I know, okay, that we're going somewhere with this. And then <clears throat> I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. I don't want them to see my mistakes or my, my, uh, uh, behind the curtain, so to speak, what I don't know. So I'm just going to stop right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, you know, I see people do things sometimes and I'm like, what are they doing? You know, like, I don't know whether it's like people dancing on YouTube or (laughs) starting new businesses or whatever it is. And it's like, are you serious? Like, holy cow. And, and I judge them. Right. Um, but there's another part of me that that's always there. And, and I believe this is, you know what, if they, if they feel like that's them, Mm -hmm. good on them, even if it looks goofy or crazy or stupid or whatever, at least they're, at least they're doing right. right? At least, at least they're out there, you know? So you can't fall. Like we were just laughing, me and Tyler, uh, a friend of ours gave a Ted talk and Tyler, why don't you tell this story a little bit? Oh man, it's awesome. Like it's, (laughs) it's really cool to kind of see the whole big picture, but basically when he was in college, he had a project they wanted to put together and he put this project together and then he applied to be on a TED talk at the college he was attending and he got a TED talk. And so he gets into the TED talk and about halfway through the TED talk, he kind of loses place with his lines. And it's like, basically it's like everybody's worst nightmare about public speaking. It just goes like silent. And then the video like pans away to the crowd and the crowd awkward like, cringing, oh, like, Oh man, this the poor crowd guy. felt sorry for him. You know, like it was just, it was a brutal, it was a brutal hard thing for my friend. And, um, and it's now out there for, you know, like the world to see right. he's on stage with the world to see with this, with this failure. And uh, it was kind of cool because that was several years years ago. I had to have been over 10 years ago that, that that experience happened. Well, we just had a conversation with this friend just really recently and it kind of came up and we were joking about it. I'm like, oh man, like, you know, at we, least we, were, we were making talk. fun of him a little bit. We yeah, were laughing we're about him. it. We're, we're <laughs> yeah. ribbing him a little bit. And then he said something really insightful. And I thought, man, what an awesome attitude. He said, you know what? He said, I can't wait. He said, I've been working on this. And he said, I can't wait to be such a distinguished speaker that in one of my speeches, I'm going to pull that clip up and show the difference between who I was and who I am now. And, uh, and that was like, oh, that guy's in the arena of life. Like he's, he's embraced the fact that failure is, 
is really one of the only vehicles that can get him to the destination he wants to get to. Right. And, and if we were to look at this, like from a bigger, broader perspective, Bevan, I think this is something we lose sight of sometimes because we have this acute pain that happens when things fall apart, man. I, I don't even know what happened in your life eight years ago, but it sounds like it was devastating for you. Um, it's natural for us to then want to pull back and protect ourselves and get on the sideline. But the truth is, is that we came to a world that was designed first and foremost for our learning and our learning comes through experience. Right. And we can, we can let our lives completely pass us by never getting the experience that we were actually designed to get because we're so afraid of pain instead of acknowledging that even in our relationships, like I know it's, you must have put your your wife and your kids and family through hell. It sounds like in mm-hmm. addition to whoever else was affected, you know. And um, the truth is, is that whether you meant to or not, and we know right. you didn't mean to, that's also now part of their experience. It's also giving opportunity. And and I remember hearing a quote by someone that said, um, "The sample of humanity that is around you." currently constitutes your clinical material of what God's given you for your learning. And you happen to be that material for somebody else. We're each other's material here right now. Um, The people listening to the podcast, the people around you right now, they're there as your clinical material. So you can do your learning and growth. And if you, if you don't throw yourself into that game, you not only deprive yourself of that growth, but you deprive everyone else around you of that opportunity to grow. Right. You know what? Going along with what Tyler's saying, Bevan, I want I want to ask you a question. Um, I I I worked hospice for a while, and so I was on like at people's deathbeds every day, wow. and 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 uh, I I got to see them lying there, and I actually watched several people die, and um and and it really kind of rocked my world, mm-hmm. and um you know and and so just saying that, you know, when you're there. Do you, and let's say you're you're trapped in your own mind for a few days before you die. Um, what do you want to think, man? I got really good at surviving after I messed up. I got really good at at protecting myself. Will you be laying there thinking, man, I survived, or thinking, you know what, I I lived, I I, I lived. I put myself out there. I failed. I succeeded. Um, and, and, you know, what, what do you want? What do you want to feel then, Bevin? I don't want anything left in the bag. There you go. I mean, at the end of the day, when I look at my death, but I was thinking about this not, uh, a few days ago, actually, like a good friend of mine, he lives his life. I mean, the dude lives his life. He puts himself out there. He puts himself out there and just doesn't care. He just goes for it. And he lives an amazing life. And I, and he's, he's taught me that, you know, I've been so driven to succeed, to succeed, to succeed, but I never took the time to celebrate and you know, and, and live life. Right. I, yes. I kind of backed myself into a corner and said, this is who I have to be. And this is what I have to do to be that. Right. And it's not true. That's not true. And, and so going forward, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, I want to be on my death, but I don't want to lay there and thought, crap, I was just a scaredy cat my whole life. Right. <laughs> and right now that's the path I'm headed down. I mean, like you said, I dip my toe in the water, do some a few things here and there, then boom, I pull the foot back out. So, right. okay, that's good enough. Well, what's interesting, Bevan, is you're kind of a dichotomy to me because if you were to look at your life from a, you know, a 30,000 foot view, I could say like, holy cow, Bevan's doing good in the world. Like he's, it's not like you're sitting in your basement 
depressed and shut down and, and never wanting to connect with anybody. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So so you're you are out there. Right. Right. But I think I almost I almost feel like it's more internal than external in that mm -hmm. then it's like you know there's more in there. Absolutely. There's more purpose. There's mm -hmm. and so on the there there's the externalities of you showing the world like, hey look, I'm good. I'm doing a lot of good things. Can can you see me? But it's not full wholehearted living. Mm -hmm. Right? I agree. Um, so, so it's not that you're not doing any good. It's not like you, like you're going to be lying on your deathbed thinking like life sucked and I didn't do anything, right. you know, um, you're, you're an amazing husband. You're an amazing grandfather and father. And, and those things are in place already. Mm -hmm. And I think you're honest enough to say, and I'm not fully stepping into my purpose and I don't fully realize what it is because I'm getting caught up in this fear. Right. Yes, I do think I know what it is, but I'm not stepping into it. Okay, so so you know what it is, but that that's almost even more painful. It is very right yeah. because it's like I see it, I visualize it, I understand it, and I'm scared to do it. Yeah, yeah. What what is, what is it? Boy, I don't know. It's, I could tell you when I, when I'm in my element, when I'm in my zone is either a, when I'm on a one-on-one -on -one with a client or when I'm in on the football field, the wrestling room, coaching kids, I don't think I just go. And when I'm, when I'm just going and just doing, um, I'm, I just feel so energized and so fulfilled, even though it is taxing. But when I get done, I go home. I'm like, wow, that was, that was an incredible day. That was an incredible moment or last two hours. Uh, however long that practice uh, is at that moment, but it definitely sets me free. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so what, what's different, Bevan, what's different in your coaching slash, I guess, but both kinds of coaching, what's different in the way that you approach those things versus these other parts of your life? It's, that's a tough question. Um, I, I don't feel like I have the systems in place the value to truly bring good value to the table um, and confidence. Yeah. So to, to me and, and Bevan and I've talked about this, right? There's a, a, an excuse, right? Right. There's a, I need, I need to have everything in place in right. order to, in order to put myself out there. Um, and, and, and it's interesting. You actually answered your question before Tyler asked it, which is you, you said, when I'm coaching, when I'm out there, when I'm just flowing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm free. Um, I, I am free. And yeah, so when you're not flowing, when you're holding back, when you're not stepping into what God has made you for, then what are you? If you're not free, then what are you? In pain? Oh, that's a good answer. You're in pain. Yeah. You're trapped. Mm-hmm. And and you're not facing the pain, and then you go, and then you, at least for me, then you just shame yourself. You go to that what I call the karmic cul-de-sac, where you just keep shaming yourself and repeating you're these spiraling, yes. stuck, yeah, yeah. and you yeah. just can't get. You just seem to get be caught in that whirlwind. Right. I was talking to a group of mine this week, and and uh, two of the women they they checked in and they just said, "I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck." And and they were stuck in different ways. Right. Um, and a lot of it had to do with their relationships, but one was saying how hopeless she was. Another was saying how frustrated she was. And I said, you know what? There's one thing that gets you unstuck. Every single time, it's the same thing gets you unstuck. 
Um, do you guys know what that is? Doing? Nah, it's not. It, it kind of is doing. Tyler, any guesses? That that was my my thought and response too. Was take take a first step, take action. Yeah. So so you guys are talking about the actual manifestation of it, but it's it's facing fear. Fear is the mm-hmm. thing that that shuts you down. So even a hopeless person is like, well, I'm hopeless and my relationship will never change, so I'll never be happy. Well, maybe they need to face the reality and the pain and the fear that maybe their relationship's not going to work. And then they can be unstuck. Um, so re- relating this back to you, Bevan, when, when it's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in that cul-de-sac and I'm spinning and I'm going, the, you know, the pathway out is through fear. And um, uh, Marshall Linehan, one of my favorite sayings is, the pathway out of hell is through misery sometimes. And instead of facing the misery, we fall back into hell, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, so when we turn and we face the pain, we face the fear, and we say, there it is. I know what I'm so afraid of. That's when that fear or those demons or whatever we want to call them all of a sudden doesn't have power right. because we're like, bring it. I see you. I know you. I'm not scared of you. So bring it. Let's do this. And you're not spinning anymore. Right. Unconsciously, you're not spinning. You're conscious of what that fear is. You're conscious of what it's trying to do to you, how it's trying to shut you down. And you're like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give that the power. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm Brandon, you're talking, I'm Bevan. I, I want to tell this story just basically as a way to empathize with what you're saying, because I think what you brought up about that fear and that paralysis is just something that we all experience. Um, I, we, I have a friend who he's learned in his life that fear is his biggest enemy because it causes that paralysis and suffering. And so he's created something for himself called his vulnerable series. And uh, he basically listed out all the things he's most afraid of. And he's one by one purposely Hmm. doing those things. And he's documenting them, (laughs) which is pretty amazing. And so like, right right now he's working on stand-up comedy of all things. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I I couldn't get myself to go do that. And, um, and then I started thinking, well, what's one of my own vulnerability things. And, and you know what, what we're doing right here, this podcast is one of those things for me. I, Brandon said it, Brandon has another podcast that has a big, big following. Now he's got a big platform. He's got a lot of people that he's helping right now. And I was watching him do this as this was growing on his other podcast. And I kept saying to myself, I'm going to get into a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. But then I started saying all those things that you just said, but I got to have the right microphone. And I don't know the technology properly. And I need to make sure it's all perfect. And the sound is awesome. And, and if we're going to video it too, so I'm going to have to get set up a whole studio. And pretty soon I talked myself right back into paralysis. And that happened for probably two or three years until, until Brandon came to me and said, Tyler, like, let's do this. You know, and I'm like, face the well, fears and yeah. let her rip. Right? We don't it's, have, we don't have the equipment. We don't have this, that, and the other. It's like, hey, get on the computer and start talking. You know. <laughs> like, well, it's interesting as you guys say this because if I were to talk one, to one of my athletes and they were said, "Well, coach, I, I can't run a four four forty. I don't, I don't bench three hundred pounds yet, et cetera, et cetera. I got to do these things before I get on the field or before I get on the mat. Yeah. It's like, what do you, what the heck, are you waiting for? Get after it. Yeah, exactly. Like it will come. Just get after yeah. it. And learn as you go. Do, do you yeah. guys, uh, well, I know this about Tyler, but uh, Tyler's a, like, he's a horrible dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I beg to differ on that. You have to ask I my mean, kids. 
I've been at a few weddings with him and stuff, and you know, I, I try to be in my flow, just like. Let, but when he gets on that dance floor, it's like, man, party killer. <laughs> um, but I, the reason I bring it up is like, I love, I, I love to dance, and I, and I'm horrible at it myself. Um, <laughs> I learned my moves from you. Yeah, but 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 dancing is an example. Like, yeah. you know, if if I suck at dancing but I'm on that dance floor just having a good time and letting it go. People are going to have a good time with me. Like they're just going right. to enjoy like my, my awkward, horrible. If I'm on that dance floor worrying about what people are thinking about me mm-hmm. and trying to dance good enough so that people think that I'm a good dance. I mean, what's that going to be like? It's going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and I, that's how life is too. It's like when you talk about flow, Bevan with coaching and things like that, it's getting to that place where, Fear, I see you, I know you. Pain, I understand you're there. I'm gonna look you in the eye, and you know what? I'm gonna go dance anyways. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I know you're there. I think everybody who starts dancing a little bit has that fear, and they have to just push into that and step through it, and then just let themselves go. Right. So we got to dance more. That's right, Brandon. Yeah. I want to, I want to bring this back to both you and Bevan then for a second and ask this question because I think we've all established right now that okay, fear is the enemy here. Fear is going to leave us with a pocket of resistance. And there is actually some risk if we step into it. You know, if you go to the dance and you, there are going to be people who won't want to be your friend after they see you dance, Brandon. Like, oh, absolutely not. The truth is, is that Dude, we're, go, we're going, guys. Uh, the three of us, we're getting a dance club one night with our wives. We'll, we'll yeah. make it so awkward for them. Yeah, and they'll 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 never. My wife will never. Evan's go out not even me. laughing. Yeah, I know. He's like, no way. There's no way I'm doing that. But so here's here's what I'm getting at though is that there is a real risk. We we it we've acknowledged that it's possible that our choices by being in the arena of life could hurt ourselves and other people. And yet we've established that it's still necessary to do it. So the question is, what what how do you get yourself to step through that step kind of step over that precipice of fear how do you get yourself to actually take those actions are there some things that we can do or put in place that can help to push that discomfort so that so that it actually happens instead of just talking about it yeah i think um are you asking me to answer the question in my mind i'm I'm asking either one of you guys okay what comes to my mind is is to, to overcome that is you got to be, in my mind, you got to be laser focused and move with intentionality and be very, very, very intentional in the steps in which you take and almost have blinders on and to help quiet the noise in your head, these stories that we make up. And you just got to be laser focused in my opinion. Well, one thing, I, I agree with you, Bevan, but I, but I, I want to caution you a little bit in that, and it comes back to that thing where it's like, okay, I got to have it all set in place, like laser focus mm-hmm. before I do. And, and sometimes I think, um, like, I think it's more important to let it, let it rip and go and just kind of do than it is to have it laser focused. Mm-hmm. I got right? you. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Uh, but, but I love what you said that, that word intentionality, um, to, to understand what your intentions are. Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And and so to be laser focused in that intention, I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the, here here's a couple other things, Tyler. Um, who you surround yourself with, uh, you know, you're going to resonate with with men, um, with people. Um, if they're putting themselves out there, they're taking risks, they're living life. Heck yeah! Like you're gonna you're gonna start doing that yourself. 
Uh, they're going to start holding you accountable to do it. Um, they're going to start start sending you the energy that hey, I don't believe the the BS that that you you know you're going to fail and and you're not good enough and all that. I believe that you're going to kill it. And and so when you surround yourself with those type of people, you're more likely to put yourself in the game. Um, right. Another thing is just consistency and practice. So I guarantee the first time you do something, Bevan, that and 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 you know, we, we talked about this some, but the first time you do something, it's going to be like, that sucked. Mm-hmm. Like the first time you step on that dance floor, it's going to be like, man, that was awkward. I had that awkward energy. And so what, what you need to do is to actually hop on that dance floor again, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, until you do it again and again, it's like, wow, this doesn't kill me when people think that I suck at dancing. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay. What do you know? Right. And then it starts to kill that fear mm-hmm. so much. It's like, it's like what we were talking about with our buddy. Um, he's pra- he actually practices public speaking now. Mm. So he had this horrible experience with Ted talking. He's getting himself in the game over and over again. And, and he's going to get him. so comfortable public speaking because he's facing that fear. Right. right? Um, so it's consistent. It's, it is doing it's, it's, it's letting it go and doing but then it's doing it again and again and again. Yeah. Um, so Brandon, I think, I think some of the things that both Devin and you said um, apply here, and I'm going to just point out the principles so our listeners can hear them. Basically, Bevan, you said, set your focus and then move with some intentionality, which means I have to be aware of myself. So that's maybe the first principle of what my intentions really are. The second things, you know, Brandon, you talked about is surround yourself with good people. And I would add to that accountability. Like when I, when I tell somebody, you know, that I'm going to do something, I'm much more likely to follow through on it. So I should be able to speak my vulnerabilities, my fears to those people in my life and not just surround myself with them, but own those things and then get busy on those. And then the third thing you said is consistent action over time. Yeah. And, uh, and I think those are awesome. I, I wanted to maybe just add one more that came to mind while you guys were talking. And, and Bevan, if you're willing, if you'd just kind of be a guinea pig with this, I want to do just like a small intervention with you. Is that all right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, this is something that I think Tim Ferriss calls it fear setting, but it's been called other things as well. But it's the idea that um, you're actually going to walk yourself through this, even if you can't do it physically first. So, um, Bevan, what's, what's one of the things you're most afraid of right now that you're trying to force yourself to step into? What others think of me, what others think of you. Uh-huh. And is there something, is there something right now that you, that is on your heart to be doing specifically that you're withholding from doing because you're so afraid of what other people think of you? Yeah. Coaching. coaching, not coaching athletes, but just, you know, taking my 26 years of experience working with people and working in leadership, but I, it is something I have a passion for. And, uh, I know I have a lot to give there. Uh, I've, I've heard it f- for years, years, even before I graduated high school, actually. So I know there's something there, but for whatever reason, like Brad and I talk about it, I just keep dipping that toe in the water. Okay. All but right. you said something a little bit that was uh, important. I think it's the consistency of it. And I think as you are more consistent, then you can go start going out in deeper waters. Yeah. 
Okay. All right, Bevan, I want, I want to do this exercise with you. Um, and it might feel a little bit vulnerable. And in fact, I'm going to be vulnerable here and probably doing it over the airways here, but because okay. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'd like for you to bring that up in your mind and that's going to be the biggest fear. All right. So then I want you to just sit for a minute and take just a couple of really deep breaths and close so, your so eyes. Tyler, can I, can I interject? Sorry, I'll try to yeah. stay out of this, but I want you, Bevan, I want you to, to really kind of picture and, 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 like something that's really scary. So maybe it's public speaking, maybe it's preaching to some people, maybe it's uh it it's uh you know stepping into a business and you're going to you're going to like try to help that business go to the next level and you're there you're their consultant, you're their coach, like something specific like that where it's you're being called upon and these fears of failure, fear of what people are thinking about you. So try try to try to get there, right? Tyler, is that specific thing. Like the, like the, I'm thinking of like the biggest task, like if you were to think, man, if I'm so scared to go do this specific thing, but I know it's in, within the realm of what I have to do if I'm going to reach my goals. Okay. Yeah. So my next public speaking gig or we're approaching someone who I'm intimidated by and they're asking me to coach them or whatever, something like that. Okay. So I want you to just close your eyes for a minute and take a couple deep breaths and our listeners can do this for themselves if they want to as well. And See if you can get your breathing all the way down into your belly for just a couple of breaths. Throughout the exercise, I want you to maintain that breath if you can. And I'm going to ask you some questions and you can just keep your eyes closed, but answer them out loud when I ask you these questions, just so our listeners can also hear these, hear how it works. Okay. So now imagine that as you're breathing, you're out by yourself in the middle of the ocean and the waves are just moving up and down with you and you're all by yourself in the ocean. And as you're floating, you can feel the temperature of the water on your skin. You can see the color and the depths of the water. And as you're floating, you can see that around you, there's several fins that start to circle you. And you know that these are sharks. And these sharks represent these fears that you have, these biggest fears that you have. And notice what it feels like to be out in the ocean with these sharks circling. And then as you're breathing, imagine that these sharks now sort of form themselves into a door. And this door represents stepping into all of these biggest fears and imagine kind of swimming over to the door. And as you open the door, you instantly plunge yourself into your biggest fears. And notice it in great detail. What are you noticing, Bevan, as you step into this door? What are the biggest fears? What do you see? What, do you, what can you see physically as you step into the door? Um, there's laughing. Laughing? Mm-hmm. At me. Good. What else? Uh, questioning my intellect. Questioning your intellect. You're feeling stupid. Mm-hmm. People are mocking you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Step into that room for a minute and experience everything you can about the worst possible scenario. And allow yourself just to sit with that for a minute and notice those details. And then you look up across the room and across the room you can see, sit at a table, a future version of yourself And imagine slowly making your way through that room, noticing those details, feeling that laughter, feeling that judgment, whatever the worst of it is for you. 
and eventually arriving at the table and sitting across from your future self. And as you sit down, you look your future self into the eyes and you can see that they have some form of message for you or some form of advice for you, some lesson they want you to know. What does your future self want you to know, Bevan? That no matter what decisions I make, people are already going to have those opinions mm-hmm. and thoughts of, of what I'm doing or I'm not doing, but they already have opinions of me regardless. Okay, good. What does your future self feel towards you? Confident. That I have okay. direction. Okay. When you when you get done receiving that message, look your future self directly in the eye. Make a mental note of thanks and gratitude. And then take a few more deep breaths. A couple more deep breaths. And then when you're ready, go ahead and open your eyes. All right, Bevan, no right or wrong response. What, uh, what, is, what was your experience with this today? What did you notice? What judgments did you have? Well, <clears throat> the judgments, were, are you referring to what I felt that they thought of me? Is that what that or, or any judgments about the exercise or any insights? That kind well, of the felt? exercise is a great exercise um, because as I was, saw myself on the other side of the desk, my future self, I saw a guy with his hands on the table, grabbing both ends of the desk, looking at me in the face <clears throat> and telling me to go to get after it. You're fine. Just go do and let the chips fall where they may. And just you can go for it. Awesome. Can I, I just want to say um, that's what you're doing right now today, Bevan. Uh, you come in here today. You know, it's pretty awesome. Here you are saying, I'm worried what people might think about me. And then you come on a podcast where there's an audience of strangers, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and you, you get personal and you, you talk about your shame and your fear. Um, this right here is therapeutic. Um, this right here is more of your future self. Right. And it is that little boy inside of you saying, uh-uh, like people are going to judge you. Right. right. Did it kill you today, Bevan? No, no I'm good. <laughs> you're good, right? Yeah, things are you fine. Might, you might kill him afterwards when he realizes what he just did. <laughs> the vulnerability hangover. <laughs> nah. <laughs> and and you you know what you know what happens when when you come on, you get vulnerable like this. Your uh, your purpose happens, and so the people who have listened are going to benefit from from this and benefit from your courage, and um and you're blessing the world and. And um, they're going to connect to you and appreciate you well, far more than they're going to judge you. Now, there might be the judges out there, and they might what, think, what you know what? Have fun judging Bevan. Whatever. Screw you. <laughs> no, but, but no, I'm just kidding. The reality is who cares, You're right? right? Um, well, can I add to that a little yeah. bit? Let's, um, having these years my years of experience working with people in the world we live in today. As I work with other people, I see so much talent and so much opportunity. 
and that we squander it <clears throat> as I'm on the outside looking in. <clears throat> but there are times when I'm on the inside looking out and I'm experiencing the same thing that I see in others. Mm-hmm. And I think that everyone has a story to tell. And I think that everyone has more talent than they can possibly imagine. And the ones that are succeeding today aren't always the smart ones. It's the ones that are taking action and going for it. Yeah. And uh, um, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I know we have a lot to offer as human beings. And I know the good Lord above needs leaders to step up. And, um, but I, this exercise has been a great experience for me. And I'm very thankful for that. Awesome. Yeah, well, Bevan, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, you guys um, listening. Step into your fears and realize that you're going to survive and that things are going to be okay, even if it's the worst case scenario. Bevan, thank you. I wanted to share with kind of to follow up with what you just said, a quote that everybody's heard a thousand times, but I think it's spoken a thousand times because it's true and it matters. And I, I think it feels appropriate for the situation of having you on today, Bevan. And it says, it is not our li- it is our light and not our darkness that most frighten us. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Gosh, I've heard the first part of that many times, but the second part of that was almost better. Um, So... That's that's perfect wrap up, Tyler. Beautiful. And even as he says it, you can feel it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, you guys. Um, thank you for listening, and um, thanks again, Bevan, for coming on. Anytime. And, and I hope uh, I hope you guys go practice some courage, vulnerability, go dance a little bit, and face those fears. We'll see you guys next week. Do you feel like no matter how much therapy you do, things really aren't getting better? That you'd like to accelerate? your feelings of peace and empowerment because it's just not happening? As a man, do you feel stuck? Do you lack purpose? Do you not know what real masculinity is? Are you unable to create safety and passion and intimacy in your relationships? Are you lacking connection to God? If you're relating to any of these things, then you need to come to our Rising Sun Conference. Tyler and I have developed a process and an experience for men to shift into their power, to know who they truly are, to experience their purpose, and learn how to connect to God. So go to risingsunconference.com. Now that's rising sun as in S-O-N, conference.com, and sign up there as soon as you can because space is limited. We'll see you there.